You are listening to I Can't Wait to Tell You with Casey Edward, episode 150. Welcome to I Can't Wait to Tell You, a podcast I created to share with you my knowledge, stories, and ideas on everything from manifestation and meditation to money, sex and relationships, self-love and body image, and life in general. I want you to know that you are not your thoughts, that you can choose your thoughts, and thus you and only you create your reality. It's time for you to take control of your life and let joy and abundance be your natural state of being. We all deserve to make some magic, so let's jump right in because there are so many things I can't wait to tell you. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of I Can't Wait to Tell You. I am your host, Casey Edward. Thank you, as always, for tuning in. So this is actually an intro to the episode I already recorded, so you're going to hear two uh, two intros of, hi, welcome back to I Can't Wait to Tell You. But the reason I'm doing another intro to the show is because I dove right into an episode about food and my journey with food and getting to a place of peace and ease and fluidity with food, but I did want to give a little preface before you get into the episode about what it is because I know that you might not be ready to hear this and so yeah the episode is about my journey with food and how I've gotten to a place of peace with eating and joy with eating and being able to go with the flow with eating and how I find that first and foremost the goal with eating must be to have peace and for your nervous system to feel safe around food And I just wanted to tell you that in case that's not an episode that you're ready to or want to or need to listen to right now. And I also did, I say this in the episode at the end, but I want to say this before the episode starts. I am not a nutritionist or a trained dietitian. I am just speaking from experience and from my body's wisdom and my intuition's wisdom. I am a certified life coach. And so I do understand emotions and the brain and thought processes and how things have worked for me. And so again, I'm just speaking from experience. This is not medical advice or anything of that nature. It's just one human talking to another human saying, if food stresses you out, let's get let's shift that a little bit and feel into how we can change that because ultimately you are beautiful, you are worthy, you are handsome, you are enough, and you're meant to dance and have fun with food and life. (laughs) So I hope you enjoy the episode. Thank you as always for tuning in. Let's get to the show. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of I Can't Wait to Tell You. I am your host, Casey Edward. Thank you as always for being here. Today is a solo episode that just flowed. I was not planning to talk about this. It's probably going to be pretty short, but I did feel and think that A lot of people could use hearing what I have been realizing in regards to food and in regards to intuitive eating and getting to a place where you don't feel stressed the F out all of the time when making food choices. So I've really been, if you follow me on Instagram, you know that I've been talking about this a lot on Instagram. And so then I was like, you know what? Why not do a podcast episode on it? And so basically... Where do I even start with food? So I've talked about my relationship with food on the show before, but I will give a synopsis if you haven't heard me talk about my journey with food. So basically, in when I was when I was 12, when I was 12, I was put on birth control 
when I was 12, you guys. <laughs> That's what the doctor prescribed to me to take care of my cramps. Not giving me a solution, but putting me on birth control. And because of that, as I was still a growing child and my hormones weren't even completely intact and I, my body was trying to figure itself out and the birth control just made me gain a lot of weight. And when I put on weight, I don't remember noticing, to be honest, but I do remember, and it was from a place of love, but one of my parents said to me when I went to get a snack, maybe we shouldn't snack as much when it's indoor soccer season because it's less running. And I remember as this 12-year-old being like, wait, I can't, I can't have these pretzels. Why? Like, and then I was like, so I have to work out to eat or like, am I too big to eat? It was, it was the first time I remember food being a thing. It was the first time I remember having to think rather than just go eat what I wanted. And so from there, as I gained more weight from being on birth control and not really knowing what the deal was, like I'm 13 as, as time goes on and I'm just trusting, I'm just trusting what I've been put on and who were around for when this was happening. And so as time goes on, a unhealthy relationship builds for me with food because I'm just confused by it. I'm very confused. I'm confused as to why even when it seems like I'm not eating that much or when it seems like I'm eating the same as my tiny friends wearing their Abercrombie and Fitch, and this goes into high school, why I'm still gaining weight. And again, I didn't know that it was because of birth control. Like I'm too, I didn't realize that that was a thing and I don't think anyone ever told me that. And so as time goes on, I must have started a restrict and binge relationship with food because I just remember eating. It, 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 it wasn't even always binge eating. I just remember having extreme guilt when I would eat foods like Oreos or Hostess or whatever. And I don't even want to call it a treat because nothing's a treat. Like your body's going to tell you what you need. But looking back, I would just eat them and then I'd feel shame. So then I'd eat more. And it was this cycle that started when I was so young. I was so young. We're so young. And growing up, you're bombarded with what you're supposed to look like and how your body is supposed to be. And there is no one way a body is supposed to be. Some people will innately be 120 pounds as a full-grown woman, woman, and some people will be 160 pounds. And some people won't fucking weigh themselves. Like, I do not anymore. <laughs> I do not. And so as time went on, I remember this, this, this cycle of either restriction or extreme exercise or not eating enough or binge eating. It was just always part of me. And again, there were times where I was a little bit heavier and I was binge eating and restricting. And there were times like when I was a senior in college, I was really stressed. I had a lot of family stuff going on. I was in a tumultuous relationship and I didn't mean to, but over Christmas break, I lost a lot of weight. And I remember coming back to college and the captain of our soccer team was like, what happened to you? Like, where's the rest of you? And I was like, what? Like, you don't even notice. And it's funny because then like my best guy friend's mom at the time um, was like, honey, you're starting to look like a bobblehead. <laughs> and she would bring me food. And the interesting part about this is, and this is why I share this, there was some part of me that was so proud to be too skinny. There was some part of me that was proud to be too skinny because again we are just subliminally taught that like the skinnier the better or I was at least I don't want to make blanket statements but that was the idea I had in my head skinniness equals happiness skinniness equates to success skinniness equates to being wanted and loved and all of the things and so it just went on and on 
and it went on through college. And, you know, it's funny. And I do want to, I also want to really, really iterate the fact that you can have disordered eating or an unhealthy relationship with food no matter your body, no matter what size your body is. So, you know, I'm sharing that I was too skinny, but there were also times where I had extremely disordered eating and I was larger. So I don't want to, you you know, I don't want to make it seem like, oh, because you're bigger, because I've also been bigger and there's no, there's no, again, there's no like set point as to what the norm should be. But what I'm saying is there's no one way that disordered or unhealthy eating looks in terms of your body. So I really did want to say that like you're seen, you're seen, I hear, I hear you, I see you, I feel you, no matter what body size you are, you can be struggling. And so as time went on, you know, this honestly went on and on and on forever. (laughs) And, you know, after school, it was kind of the same thing. I remember one time asking a friend, I lived in Boston, we were going out and I was wearing a crop top and I looked at my guy friend who was a wonderful human and I was like, do I look fat? And he took me aside and was like, are you okay? Like, no, you don't. Are you okay? Why would, what is making you think that? And so, you know, these these body dysmorphic thoughts that I would have or whatever, this illusion, this story, this narrative that I was living in of not being skinny enough, of not being worthy enough, whatever, was just ubiquitous throughout my whole life. It was just everything. And so, honestly, as time went on, you know, I was vegan for six years and I actually, I think that that was okay. I don't think that the restriction from being vegan was bad looking back. Like, I really don't. But what I will say is that to fully cure myself of all of the disordered eating, I had to take food rules off the table and Joe really helped me with this. So when I started dating Joe, he would just be like, how are you feeling? Like I I shared with him because sometimes when you're trying to control everything you're eating, it makes things very difficult for you to just go out to dinner spontaneously. And so I had to share, you know, I shared with him where I was coming from and what was going on and he was very, very helpful and he'd ask what was going on or why I was thinking something. And the moment that I remember things really changing for me was a year and a half ago, I got my first big paycheck for the podcast. I got my first paycheck where I was like, damn, <laughs> hell yeah. And I shared with Joe and I shared with his brother that that was the case and they were like, we have to go out and celebrate. So we're planning on going out and celebrating. We had just been at a friend's party and they're like, let's go get some champagne. And then we're all like, oh, and we're starving too. Let's go there. And I remember them suge- suge- suggesting a place. I remember them suggesting a place. And in the back seat, frantically looking at the menu, finding something that I quote unquote could eat. Now, this was not only about being vegan. Mainly it was about being vegan, but also it was about if there was something healthy. I was so hungry. And here I am being like, do they have sides of broccoli or salads or whatever? And in that moment, I finally took a step back and was like, fuck this. This is not a way to live. These two humans who love me want to take me out to dinner and celebrate me and buy me champagne. And I'm stressed out about if the menu is healthy enough. That is not the life I want to live. That is not the life I want to live. Now, I do want to say that eventually down the line, like you do, once you get in tune with eating, you do sometimes want cake and you do sometimes want broccoli. That's true. But not to the point where you are stressed out and living your life specifically to eat a certain way. Like, would it have been worth it in that moment to try to stress out and try to control the situation and have us go somewhere else where they probably couldn't even eat? Like, if I was like, let's go to the salad place. No, like, the memories made 
for me having, I'll never forget, like a buffalo chicken wrap or something. I think it was the first time I really ate meat in a very long time and had fries. The memories of that, of A, breaking the chains and B, celebrating myself with these people was worth everything. And so that's the moment I remember being like, okay, if I'm going to go full-fledged with getting a healthy relationship with food and my body, I have to take all food rules off the table. And so now even I don't have any food rules. I, I just don't. I And I'll share this as we get on with, with the main points I'm trying to make about this. But I, I think it's important to share my journey because it's just so convoluted. Our relationship with something that seemingly so straightforward. You eat what your body is craving, it fuels you and you go, right? But no, it's because it's intertwined with how we look. And honestly, from a zoomed out of 3D way, I feel that I have truly gotten to a place where no matter what I eat, my body isn't changing because I had a preference, my body had a preference. And so that's where we're at. And because I listen to my body and I eat what's what I really want and then I put my fork down when I'm done, like that's that's how it can work and it can be that easy. But again, it took me a very long time. And so as time went on, I started to get more and more used to this and I had to train my nervous system to be like, oh, I'm safe around food. I'm listening to my body. And for me, intuitive eating, again, like you don't have to just full-fledged go for it. At once, like I had to start slowly eating bagels when I was training for the marathon. It was really helpful. I would slowly start eating bagels all the time and be like, oh, like I thought I could only eat bagels on the weekends or here and there. And I used to eat a bagel and freak out because I was just not used to being able to have a bagel. It's <laughs> it's so sad. And I, I, I don't even laugh. It's just like a sad, like, holy shit, that was my life. And so over time, I would just eat things that I wasn't used to eating and I would show myself I am safe, I am okay, it is okay to listen to my body, my body knows. I would ask my intuition, do we want this, yes or no? And it would just tell me. And that's intuitive eating, right? So it doesn't just mean going off the hinges and eating cake for every meal, although maybe that will help, that will happen for a few days because <laughs> your body's like, give me all the food, I'm starving. Everyone's journey with it is going to look different. But the ultimate point that I want to drive home in this episode is first and foremost, when starting to cultivate a healthy relationship with food, from my experience, I have found that getting to a place of ease and trust with food is the foundation you need for everything else. So where I used to think it was making sure I had green juice or fasting because I had a lot of dinner or whatever it was, no, it's finding ease and joy with food. It's about getting enough calories if you weren't getting enough or if you were binge eating or if you overeat, starting to tune into why that is and saying, what does my body want? Your body tells you when it wants to stop eating. It's so easy to tell when you tune in because you'll be eating something, it's tasting delicious, delicious, and then you're like, eh. It's tasting a little less delicious and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, I'm done. This doesn't even taste good anymore. That like our body signals us. It gives us cues. It cues you up to be like, okay, I'm done. So either you'll put your fork down and be like, oh, I guess, you know, I'm done. Or it just won't taste good anymore. And if you're disassociating while you eat, why is that? There's a reason, right? And you can look into it and it's going to feel scary, but you know, you can just tune into the safety of it. I really recommend getting help. If you need talking to someone, I've I've spoken to people, I've had coaching, I've had hypnosis, I've had all of it. 
And finally, I'm in a good place. Finally, I'm in a good place. And this is when I learned that it's not about what you're eating at first. And that sounds so counterintuitive or counterproductive to what we're taught. It's about feeling ease and safety around food first. That's what it's about first. And it's about giving your body what it needs first. So again, I've been in both situations where most, you know, most recently it's been about not getting enough calories. And so I had to start getting enough calories before trying to be like, oh, I should have a salad. No, right now I need to get the calories and then I'll get into the nutrition. Or for you, it might be, I need to tune in to why I'm eating and I'm not intuitive eating. I'm eating past satiation. Why is that? Why is that? What can I do? How can I really be present and enjoy my food? And when I'm done, put my fork down. And if there's this urge, this visceral urge to keep eating past satiation or enjoyment, look into it, sit with it. It's going to be uncomfortable. But ultimately, again, it comes back to getting to a place where your nervous system feels good around food, where you can ask yourself, does that sound good right now? Okay, I'm going to eat that. And it's going to be a process. It's going to be a process. But ultimately, you do not want to miss out on life because of food. Food is supposed to be something that you enjoy, right? It's enjoyable. It's fuel. It's nourishing. It's not a big deal. It's not a big deal. And if you're like, whoa, it sure is, lady, then I I get that. I get that. So first and foremost, get to a place where you are eating enjoyably and to satiation and in tune with your body and it feels safe and practical. It feels safe and practical. What I mean by practical is I used to, I'm not kidding you guys, I'd be so hungry and if I didn't have something quote unquote healthy in the house, I would go to Whole Foods and drop like $30 to get like veggie sushi and carrots and hummus and a green juice and maybe a bar and I'd still be hungry after and I spent $30 just for and went out of my way, like took time out of my day to go eat this healthy thing when I had plenty of things in the house. But my mind was rendering them not healthy enough. So sometimes, sometimes you're not going to exactly be in the mood for what you're eating, but practically speaking, you don't have time or you just don't feel like going to the grocery store. So you're like, ah, you know, my body's kind of craving a green juice, but right now all I have is bagels. So I'm going to have a bagel and then later when I have time, I'll grab a green juice or tomorrow I'll get one. Like that's also okay. (laughs) That's also okay. What feels easy What does my intuition say? What does my body want? If your body wants a fucking Snickers, there's a reason for that. Abraham literally uses um, Snickers as the example, I think. And if you don't know Abraham Hicks, that's a whole other thing, but you can look into it if you feel called. But yeah, if your body wants something, there's a reason for it. If something sounds good, there's a reason for it. And now you might be, here's a fear that I came across that I know a lot of people deal with. And, And I haven't said this explicitly, but And I'll probably actually record an intro to say this. I'm not a specialist. I'm just talking from my experience and the coaching I've received. And also I am a certified life coach. So I understand the emotions and the thought processes behind a lot of this. But so a fear that you might have as you start to take the reins off, if you're coming from a place of control is, well, what if I just start eating pizza and ice cream and all of these things every day? Again, that might happen for a day or two. But ultimately, when you start listening to your body, your body's not going to crave pizza every day. It's going to crave what it needs to thrive and get rid of the rest. Like, there's a process in our body for a reason where it takes what it needs and it lets go of what it doesn't. And if you're listening to your body, it's just so fluid. Your body is so intelligent. It's innate intelligence with food. It's so smart. And so 
if that's your fear, that's okay. You've still got to lean into the edge, lean into the edge. That's a theme that's happening on this show, I guess, leaning into edges. And still now, if I'm thinking about food, there's a reason for it. So for me, it means I'm hungry. I now no longer am someone who eats when they're not hungry. So I know for me that if I'm thinking about food, I'm just going to eat. And maybe, you know, everyone's going to have their own thing, but maybe if you're not hungry and you're thinking about food, that's a time to say, okay, what's, what's the reason I'm feeling called to eat food even though I'm not hungry? Would calling a friend or going for a walk satisfy that craving? And again, you might be like, no, a walk does not sound good when I want a fucking Twinkie. But do you see what I'm saying? Like really just tune into what's going on. And at the end of the day, no matter what, you are wonderful and worthy and beautiful or handsome or whatever. It's all good. It's all good. And if you ate a little too much dessert, you do not have to wake up and fast. Or you don't have to say F it and go off the reins and eat donuts in the morning because you had cake last night. There's no, What does your body want? What feels safe? What do you need? And again, this is a huge thing for some people. I know that. It has been that for me. So if you need coaching... There are plenty of resources out there. There are plenty of resources out there. But otherwise, just tune into your intuition and tune into your body. It's also interesting because I listened to this podcast with uh, Jess Lively. It's called The Lively Show. It's super good if you want to tune into that. And she used to talk about how she had like a lot of fear or blocks around like dairy and things like that. And what I started to realize is I had all these stories made up about certain foods and now when I eat them, I'm fine. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, I think that was a mental story. Like there would literally be times where I'd be like, I have a stomach ache and Joe would be like, okay, I hear you. Is that real or are you thinking that? And I was like, damn, (laughs) damn, I'm thinking that. So I just want to share that the ultimate goal with food and with your body is to feel at ease and at peace and in enjoyment and in a place where you love your body and that's why you eat. You love your body and that's why you move. You love your body and that's why you listen to it and it feels easy and you can have a conversation with your body. Body's like, hey, I want green juice and you're like, cool, can we wait till later? I kind of want to just have a bagel so I can chill. Sure. (laughs) Like, Listen to your body. It's all good. Food is never going to be perfect. There's no such thing as perfection with food. I used to be like, I'm going to eat out only once a week. And then I realized quickly that like, that's not fun. (laughs) I love going out. I love going out with friends. I love going out to eat. I love all of that. So what is going to work? Fluidity, ease, and peace with food is the first, foremost, fundamental, primary goal. Why? Because you are worthy and you are enough and you get to experience life without the stress of food because it's supposed to be the opposite, that you love food and you eat it and you dance and you feel good and you're like, "Mm, mm, mm, this is delicious. (laughs) So I hope that this was helpful. I hope this, it's, it's, I hope this was good. It's funny. I didn't know if I was going to do an episode on this. I, I was talking about it on the on my Instagram. Uh, and then I was like, I don't think I'm going to do an episode. And then I, I, I get to stop saying what I'm going to do and what I'm not going to do because who freaking knows what's going to happen? <laughs> we never, we never know, right? But so, I am sending you so much love, and I am holding space for you, and just sending you love if you're in a space of of figuring it out and tr- and starting to tune into this journey, and. You're supported. You're safe. It's all good. You're not alone. 
And I love you. I love you so much. And um, I will talk to you soon. Goodbye.